0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. We've been talking for the last several weeks about being stuck in some hard places, talked about being stuck in analysis being stuck in imperfection, being stuck in hurt, stuck in the past, and then last week talked about being stuck in the known. Today, from Matthew 10, we're gonna talk about being stuck in fear. I'm not talking about fear of spiders or an invasion. I'm talking about the fear of what's around the corner, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the next, the fear of what could be, all the what ifs in our life. Um, we're going to talk about this in terms of how to squelch these fears. And if you don't know what, what a squelch does, or what squelch is, squelch in a radio has a way of cutting through and cutting out the uh, interference, the noise. That's squelch. When that, when that noise is cut out and, and done away with. And I think that's that's about 90% of our problem. And, and, and our fears is learning how to squelch that in ways that uh, both honor the Lord and grow our faith at the same time. You know, it's it's getting beyond the noise, getting beyond the clutter, getting beyond the, the predictable, getting beyond the things we see and can put our hands around, the tangible, to see where the Lord is in s- situations and circumstances of life where we can and should step out of, our, out of our fear and into a greater faith with him. So let's look at this passage today from Matthew 10, verses 16 to 20, and verses 26 to 31. 16 to 20 and 26 to 31, verse 16 says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now, this this entire chapter <clears throat> is the story of Jesus sending his disciples out in pairs of two to the, the surrounding Judean hillside, the surrounding, the, the small cities around Jerusalem in, in Judea, and saying, take the message to them. We'll see what he, what he says in just a moment. In fact, he says in verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Pretty simple, right? A one-sentence message as you go. Tell them the kingdom of heaven has come near. We'll see what they do with that in just a moment. This is, this is them being sent out and his charge to them. Sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. But on my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or, or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. It will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now drop down to verse 26. So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What i tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. First thing I want us to see that is squelched today, how to squelch our fear, is it is squelched with information. It squelched with information. Look at sixteen and seventeen again. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, here's his counsel, his advice. Be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. Shrewd as snakes, innocent as doves. This is Jesus preparing his, his disciples two by two for what they're going to face as they take this message among, among the hillsides, among the cities and towns nearby. He's given them a simple message, as I, said, as I said in verse seven, the kingdom of heaven, tell them the kingdom of heaven has come near. Simple, simple message, given them tremendous power, In verse 1, in verse 8, you can see this. He called the 12 uh, and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits, verse 1, to heal every disease and sickness, verse 1. Down in verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So he sends them out two by two with a simple one-sentence message. Gives them enormous power to work work in in the the, the proving ground, basically, of their message to be true and authentic and and authoritative of it being from God. Now, empowers them with information because they're going to be facing significant opposition, both from the culture and from those in authority. He speaks that that to them in verse 16 and 17. Uh, He says here that you're going to be attacked by the culture and attacked by those who are in authority in the culture. Sound familiar? (laughs) That's our world today. You and I are... Being squelched, our, our 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 message is being squelched, and our hope and our faith is being squelched by a culture that not only doesn't want to hear it, not only wants to keep you silenced, but keep you in, in, in defeat as well. Uh, he tells them how to handle that, though he says with a shrewd attitude and innocent behavior, shrewd as snakes, innocent as doves. As doves, that our attitude should be shrewd, and our and our behavior innocent. Someone who is shrewd is someone who is mentally prepared for whatever comes. And they they know they recognize that the next step of their opponent even before their opponent gets there to that next step. The person who is shrewd sees those things ahead of time. Innocent behavior stays within the law, stays within the line, stays within the guardrails. Prove yourself to be innocent and shrewd shrewd at the same time he said is telling them here um, it's it's the, the these two in balance walking in balance with these two are are how we navigate the difficult and and uh combative almost culture around us but don't miss this when we're armed with information there's nothing to fear especially when when that information comes from the one who's around the next corner and around the next 35 corners behind that when he's the one our information who gives us information we need to to combat a, a a negative and disparaging culture It is his information that is the most value, not our own, not what we can glean from someone else even. But he's he's the one who provides the information for us. Consequently, there's nothing to fear. This is true about anything in life, whether it's a health problem, a job problem, a, a leadership problem, a marriage problem. The more information you have, the more information you know, the less you have to fear. Because the more you can anticipate what the next turn, the next curve is going to be around the next curve. That's true in in the spiritual realm as well as we walk out our faith in a culture that's dark and dying. The more information we have about how to handle ourselves that he's giving us here, the greater success we're going to have and the more glory he gets and the more our faith grows. Fear is squelched with information. Secondly, fear is squelched with faith. Look at verses 19 and 20 with me. He says, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. At that time, you'll be given what to say. Notice that here it's not if they arrest you, but when they arrest you. He says, The Lord's telling them, and He's telling us here, that if you're going to speak about Him and about exercise His and, and, and anticipate His power, when we do that, we're going to face some, a lot of opposition, probably in a very quick order. Uh, he, he warns them of that. In this passage. He says not to worry about what to say or when to say it when those things happen. Why? Because our defender, the Holy Spirit, he says here, is going to come and show up at just the right time with the words to say. Listen to Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He's saying the Spirit will be the one who gives you what to say, when to say it. The more we prepare, the more usually in those moments, and, and hear this with, 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 not, not out of judgment, but out, out of caution, the greater preparation we have for how to, how to combat those who are against us, usually the more we get in the flesh, and the more carnal our response becomes. The more spontaneous that is, the more often, not always, but often, the more in the spirit it is. Because, and yes, we should prepare for for how to walk out our faith in a world that doesn't want us here, doesn't doesn't want our witness. But our our becoming strategic in how we verbally combat that is oftentimes in, can be can can go to be carnal and fleshly, as opposed to our listening to the spirit in the moment for what that moment needs exactly. And the spirit knows that He's saying here when we don't know what to say. It's often a good idea to keep our mouths shut. Um, my dad told me that a bunch as a kid, because uh, I was usually opening it, opening it up and sticking my foot in it. In fact, when, this is probably true of, of you when you were in school, but when I was in middle school and high school, you know, somebody would, would, would get you a poke at you, try and get, get, get a rise out of you, and, and you had no real response. <laughs> Ours back in that day was, your mama. I don't even know what that meant, but that, that was our, sp- your mama. And so it, it's a good idea when you don't have anything to say, just keep your mouth shut. It's, it, and that's, that's counsel, it. wise well, counsel that I need to take myself. But he's saying there, in those moments, the Spirit will give you what to say. Don't trust your own judgment. Don't trust your own wisdom. Don't trust your own history. Don't trust your own past. Trust the Spirit in that moment to give you what you need to say, the way you need to say it, when and where it needs to be said. Uh, it's, it, it, and he's, I think he's pointing out to them here as well that until God gives you something worthwhile gives you something substantive gives you something life-giving gives you something truthful to say uh, it, it's better that we, we say nothing if, if we'll trust him though to show up at the right time with the right words in the right way he is faithful to do that every time when we jump the gun and speak from the flesh uh, he usually it does in my case do far more harm than good so we need to be, our, our our fear needs to be squelched with faith, and not with our own our own ammunition. It's squelched with information. It's squelched with faith. Thirdly, fear is squelched with the truth. Look at verses 26 and 27. He says, "There do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Nothing concealed that will not be disclosed." He said. The truth about those who are against us and their motives will eventually come out and be exposed. This this growing anti-God culture that you and I live in knows it's paganistic. I believe in my heart they know that and can't and won't come out and say that because uh, they're being guided by the father of lies. They're being guided by the master deceiver into the deception of of believing that what they believe is is right in the moment but I, I believe in my heart that that this paganistic culture knows that there's right and wrong and knows that that, that outside of God's plan and, and will and design and a relationship of faith with him that uh judgment outside of that is wrong i i believe i believe in my heart they know that i think many are serving the devil unknowingly but i also believe that some are so serving him knowingly what they're up to and, and watching him orchestrate things around him because our our culture is getting darker and darker. Uh, it used to be generation to generation. Then I, think I noticed it becoming decade to decade. It's almost month to month now that our culture is getting in a darker place and, and, and getting in bed with darkness and liking it and putting it in your face and saying you're going to live with this too whether you like it or not. Uh, there's The, the, the master deceiver is behind all of that, I believe, and is uh, is... Orchestrating that in our world, uh, these—it's funny though that, and even laughable—that academia—and by academia I mean mainly post-secondary academia—but that academia thinks that there, there are these great bastions of truth where truth is found. Uh, but as, as I said, I think that's laughable. They're—they're uh, they're not bastions of truth. They're—they're they're places that are uh, bastions of falsehood, and bastions of darkness, that trying to be disguised as truth. And there was a time and place where this culture could come to church to find and hear truth. Uh, That's not true anymore. It breaks my heart to say that. But there's church after church that is uh, putting forth a kind of a balance of tepid Christianity and socialism at the same time. And I believe churches should be the place where whether it's hard, whether it's easy, whether it's Digestible. whether it is in a place where the truth is spoken, the truth is sung, the truth is prayed, the truth is walked out, the truth is shared, the truth is lived, the truth is, is locked arms together with each other. Um, and, and, and Because here's, here's what I stand in judgment of every week as I share truth with you, is I want to answer for this one day. I want to be found faithful hope you do as well. a church should be a place where folks can come for truth. there's nothing to be afraid of and we're speaking the truth in love uh, and again hear that uh, this this world hears you and I speaking truth and immediately punches the judgment button and if truth is spoken in love, it, it will come from the broken to the broken more or less. you and I are broken broken vessels that have been healed by God. And our brokenness is still probably, should be probably pretty obvious to this world that we're not, we don't have it all together. We're not all that. And it's far more impactful to share truth from a broken perspective to a broken heart to a broken person. So if we see ourselves as having arrived or or better or stand in judgment over someone else, there's that truth is going, there's, there's little chance that truth is going to even be heard, much less digested. So see yourself in, in sharing it in love as the broken who are continuing to being healed, sharing it to broken people. Uh, Because that, that I think, is the context of what he's talking about here in this text. Fear is squelched with information, it's squelched with faith, it's squelched with truth, and finally, fear is squelched with the protector. Look at verses 28 and 29 with me again. He says there, don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell, talking about himself, or the father, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. He's really talking in these two verses about two things, not really. First is this, is perspective. And the second is value. And the one speaking the perspective and the value is the one who is the protector himself, the very one who, who sees our, our our lives and our world and has his hands around us in, in protection this uh, perspective he gives in verse twenty eight is out of where the real power lies, uh, not in man, but in rather what God can do uh, the it's the fact that of his speaking from it from a, from an eternal perspective uh, about himself to us about how we see the, see this world and the lens that we look through so there's no need to fear what man and woman can do to us, he says, because I'm the one who's the real source of power. Don't fear anybody else. Don't fear a man. There's nothing he can do to you. I'm the one that's got you. Then our value, he compares to the sparrow here, one of the smallest birds in all of creation. I think he, that becomes obvious to us to, when he says, you know, if one of these little little sparrows falls to the ground without my knowledge, and the hairs on your head are numbered, you can trust the fact that I've got you. As I've often pointed to you. Uh, a favorite passage of mine in Isaiah forty six, verses three and four saying God saying, I've got you. Wherever you are, I've got you. And then verses eight to eleven in that same chapter of God saying, I got this, whatever this is in your world. I got this too. The psalmist reminded us that uh He's our He's our protector, He's our deliverer, He's 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 the one that we should never be afraid of. Uh, it says, Whom shall I fear? In fact. If if your trust is in you, you have reason to be afraid. But if your trust is in him, he's saying in this passage, we've got nothing to fear. Uh, It's it's the best way I know how to say this. If you want to know how much God values you, look at the cross. Just look at the cross to see how God values you, values what you are, values what he's given you, values what he's planted in you and sown in you and wants out of you as well. To bring glory to himself, we need only look at the cross to see our value. So, as we wrap, if fear has you paralyzed, if it has you isolated, if it has you stuck, first thing you need to do is squelch the noise, because this culture is, is going to be noisy with the fact of keep your mouth shut. In fact, this culture who preaches tolerance are extremely intolerant of you and I. That's it, you should realize that. But as we as we kind of work through the noise. And filter out the noise. I want to see what God, where God is at, what He's really doing, where, where He's really showing up, where He's at work. And that's hard to see with all the cultural clutter and cultural noise that's going on. I got to get beyond the lies. I got to get beyond my own emotion of how I feel about what's going on. And I got to get beyond this this false sense of magnitude about what the, how, how this world elevates uh, what it believes and what it what it stands for above what is truth. So I got to get beyond the noise. Uh, to, to to get unstuck. But finally, we need to learn to put these four principles into place, these four truths we've looked at today of getting the information we need. Where do we get that? From his word, from his spirit. We, we talked about that last week. That the, the spirit of God and the word of God are always in correlation with each other. When we go to his word, we can trust his spirit to speak through his word to our hearts. That's where we get our information. We need to walk in faith. In faith what? Faith that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. We give you the words to say, when you need to say it where, where it needs to be said, in love. We need to learn to speak the truth to a culture of darkness and a culture of lies and a culture that's distorted even what you and I believe, or at least attempts to on a regular basis. And then finally, to trust the protector to take care of you, to, to, to walk with us. Uh, we're all on this earth for a reason. We're here as a part of God's design plan. Uh, my question is, what is that plan for you? And if you're stepping into that plan for you, you have nothing to fear. Uh, whatever's around the next corner, God's around the next corner. Whatever is around corner number 16, God's around corner number 16 and number 116. He's already there waiting on you to guide you and show you what he wants for you. Nothing to be afraid of. Uh, people look, b- believers look at our culture. And many in, in this day uh, are, many believers at least, are bewildered and frustrated some are angry some are depressed we'll talk about being stuck in depression in a couple of weeks there, there, there seemingly is no hope as we look on our culture and look on the horizon he says though as you walk in a culture that's dark that needs truth your, your hope is in me it's not in your, your affirmation from a culture that doesn't like you doesn't want you is intolerant of you your hope is your trust should be put in me. And if you put that hope and trust in me, there's nothing to fear. There's no road you can navigate that I'm not already down waiting on you to get there. Nothing to fear when you walk with me. So getting unstuck from fear is putting these four principles into place. Let's pray. Father, today, uh, as you look on our hearts and see what's really there, not what we show everybody else that's there, but what is really there, would you guide us to Truth about us and the truth in us, walking those, walking in step in correlation with each other, about the fact that we are broken people living the truth in a broken world. Now, the more honest and authentic and transparent we are about that, the more contagious our story becomes. The more we stand in judgment, the more we stand in anger, the more we respond out of bitterness, uh, the more we try to get get the gotcha on somebody else, the less that voice and message is heard the more it's walked out in truth and love, the louder it becomes. So would you give us the courage to walk that out in truth and love? Would you speak to our fears with truth? Would you speak to our fears with information? Would you speak to our fears with protection? Speak to our fears through faith? Would you help us to walk this road and navigate this road you have ahead of us, trusting you every step? Because you're there ahead of us every step. Would our impact grow? Would our, would our witness increase? Would our we, we, as Jabez says, with the influence of our tents increase and our tent stakes increase to where those who know our story and know our life know we, we love you and we are walking with you. Would that story be resonant out of not just what we say, but how we live, how we make decisions, how we relate to others, how we process things, more importantly, how we live and walk in truth. Help that to be seen out of our lives. Give us the courage tomorrow to step into a dark place in dark, around dark hearts, some of which don't know, even that they're in darkness and others who do and are blatantly walking in it. Help us to speak into that darkness with, with, with daylight. Help us to speak into it with truth and to reveal you to others in, in obedience of how we live and walk. Would you come, come behind us with yourself and just show up and be God? We're not, but you called us to be that in a culture that's dark and dying. So as we step into that, we trust you to, to, to go ahead of us to, to, to ripen ears and soften hearts to hear the truth. Help us to have the courage to live it and walk it and get beyond our fears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.